I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Welcome on today's show, Hayley Sylvester. Hayley joins us from Quickline, a new business director. Quickline are a wireless uh, broadband internet service provider based in East Yorkshire and grown from strength to strength over the years, which we'll uh, certainly be tapping into and getting an understanding about. But Hayley and I, uh, we had Dean Booty on. Uh, well, we've got Dean Booty coming on uh, on the show soon. And um, we spoke that... Uh, Phil, Dean and I were at school together, kind of, and D- Dean was sandwiched in the years between us. Well, Hayley and I were in the same class uh, right through yeah. school, and we were actually best friends at school, Hayley and I, in relay teams together and all sorts. So this is going to be an interesting episode. It's really great to see you, Hayley. And uh, yeah, so welcome to today's show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show, Hayley. Thank you. So, so you know, often we'll, we'll look back at uh, how you got into business in the sector that you're in. Um, but before we do that, new business director. Okay, so being a new business director, how has there been any new business in you know under these current times since COVID hit? How has COVID nineteen impacted on Quickline? Yeah, I mean there there has obviously it's 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 growing. Our business is growing. Uh, we have seen um, it it's sort of like stagnant at the moment, but people are still needing broadband services. There are still businesses that um, are actually upscaling purely because they've got a lot of home workers, they need more upload speed because of people being at home trying to VPN in. So we have seen um, lots of businesses ringing up for upgrades um, and businesses asking for new services because they're working from home and they haven't got the broadband speeds at home because they've normally been at work and they've not been able, you know, not using Zoom and you know Google Meet Me and Microsoft Teams. So they just haven't got the upload to, to have video content. Um, I suppose you've done a lot of um, calls, um, but the video just cuts out constantly. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know, I know that that Phil's um, sort of like from this um, sector is familiar with this sector. That when it sort of like pixelates, or you get the wheel of doom, <laughs> wheel of doom. Because if you upload, you're you're uploading videos and you're downloading at the same time. So it's it's um, it's really important for broadband. So. Even though, you know, we're growing as a business, um, it has been challenging times, um, as you can appreciate. Um, we've, uh, we took a bit of a hit, actually, sort of um, um, earlier on in the year when, when COVID hit, uh, sort of like March time, because we deal a lot with the leisure industry. So as you can imagine, that whole sector just went to the wall. So, you know, being sort of like a flexible provider, um, what we did was we said we don't have to pay, um, they don't have to pay for their services. Sorry, can you hear that in the background? We can hear that, yeah, that's, that's yeah. we love it. Like this is, it's, right, okay. it's so what's happening it? is it's home learning. Yeah. And it's after lunch and it's just challenging because they've done some this morning, which starts off really well. And then this is what happens. Um, obviously my husband is trying to work as well. And again, he's on conference calls and they're supposed to be working, but, yeah. You're, you're, how, how, how old are your children? This. Uh, they are five and seven. Five and seven, yeah. They started school in September and he's a boy and he's a mummy's boy and he, he um, I think he's found it difficult, the transition anyway, to go to school. 
So this has really hit him hard, I would say. Yeah. He's now been at home for three months. And he started back uh, last Monday. Uh, two days a week, just Monday and Tuesday. Um, his perception. And, uh, yeah, screaming through the playground. Yeah. Hey, Daddy! Yeah. yeah. So we've had that to contend with. But it's like, get... Get through that door. Go on. Get through the gate. <laughs> We've only got one one child to to educate, but she's desperate to go back. My daughter yeah. is desperate to go back to school, so she's completely different. Like he just wants to build Lego all day, whereas she's, you know, quite sort of academic and switched on and and wants to learn and is a people pleaser. So she's wanting to um, go back to school, but she's in year two and there's no chance until September. Yeah, really, for that. Yeah, Phil, are your, are your two are your two out of well? Phil's got Phil's got three, uh, twenty month year old, but the the two boys are, are in school. And how yeah. how do how, how do uh, Cooper are, are they both wanting to stay at home, both eager to go back, or is there a difference? Yeah, so so we're very similar in that yeah. we've got uh, a ten year old and a six year old, Cooper and Oakley, and uh, and then little Clover, who's actually two in two days time, oh. and um, and. Oakley, the six-year-old, he's gone back today for the first time in however many months, and he's he's year one, and he he's 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 confident and he's confident enough to sort of like be able to cope, but you could see some anxiety coming out, especially as we got closer and closer. And interestingly enough, the fact that he could see that his class size is so much smaller because only 40, 50 percent of parents are, are actually returning children to school; a lot are still keeping mm. them off. So I think that also added to it that it's it's obviously it's, it's absolutely nothing like his perception of, of what yeah. it was previously. But my older one, Cooper, he's very keen to get back to school. Um, he 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 uh, he loves the structure of school. He loves the timetable, the rules. He loves the he loves mm. it, that's how he functions, uh, and also the social aspect of it as well. So um, he starts next week. So so we've got a year one and a year six. So we actually hit the two. The two years outside of foundation. Of course. So, so yeah, but it's but it's it's such a snapshot of what life is like right now. This is why it's sort of like worth really worth talking about because you we've got workplaces and we've got children, we've got husbands and wives, we've got everyone in the same space just trying to trying to fight for their bit. Get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's literally it's a battle every day, and it's 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 because you've been with them all day. And I mean, I know that you children, you love them, and um whatever else but I mean if I if I thought about it if this was if this was the norm if this was the norm for, for everybody you know the question is would have I had children you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, this, yeah. if this was it no I'm being deadly serious yeah yeah no you're right so like if this was normal you know but if this was normal then you know you'd have a different perception of like everything life would be different if this mm. was normal but honestly it's it's, it's just a challenge every single day, even even to the point where, like, I would enjoy coming home from work. I would enjoy picking them up from after school club. I'd, I'd maybe treat them, do you know, like, I'd maybe take them. I'm not going to cook tonight. We're, we're going to get takeaway, you know, or yeah. everything's like a chore now. Do you know, like, um, even putting them to bed, do you know, like, giving yeah. them a bath, we're just like, oh, God, no, we've got, we've got to put them to bed, you know, and that's even a chore. And normally, after a day, day's work, it's like, right, let's get them to bed. Let's read them a story, yeah. you know. And then it's our time. That's just you know, it's just like oh god, I can't be bothered. You know, to yeah. put them head because it's you with them. The, the, yeah. Oh, the boundaries. And that's awful things. I'm a parent and I love them, but 
Yeah. But the the boundaries and the definitions have all gone, haven't they? So mm. it just it it just merges. Do you do you feel guilt? Absolutely. Um, my kids are constantly saying to me, "Mummy, you are always on conference calls. Um, you're always on your phone." Um, and actually, um, you know, if I'm doing something, I'm in the middle of something, and you've got to concentrate, or doing a report, or you know, it was the the board meeting last last week, for example, and you know, I have to put things together. Um, and I'm just like, one minute, and all, all Walter wanted, he wanted a cuddle. He would sit on my knee, and I just sort of snapped at him a little bit. And, you know, then my husband was like, you don't need to do that. Just, do, do you know what I mean? Just like calm down a bit. But because you get that pressure and because you're a, you know, and you'll know from being directors of businesses and having your own business and being responsible, you have a responsibility to the people in your workforce, you know, to always be there as well when they're asking your question so it's not just um oh sorry i can't do that it's like it's it's my responsibility yeah. you know and it's only me that can do it or make yeah. that decision so it's i put a lot of pressure on myself you know so um you know and and, and that's because of like fear of failing really you know yeah. i don't want to fail at at my job and then that would mean you know failing as you know i won't be able to treat my kids yeah you know what I mean? so you have all that pressure um as well, but predominantly life is good. You know, yeah. I'm smiling. Um, I get up every morning and do exercise and that's still something that I um, need to do, you know, to feel normal. Um, but yeah, um, it's- I think it's- it's, I don't, I think it's so I don't much- about your school or your kid's school, but the school that my children go to have been appalling. Like, like yeah, it's, it's really, it's, really bad. Our, I, I, I can look at this two ways because our school has been very hands-off like with education packages and things like that. Now that, that, I looked at it one day and I thought, well, where's, where's the support? Where's the, where's the work packages? Where's the assisted teaching and things like that? But then you look yeah. at it a different way, which my wife, uh, Keris, she sort of highlighted for me. It's like, but that's actually taken a lot of pressure off us as, as parents. They're not expecting us to be parents and teachers. They're just expecting us just to get through this. Yes. So in actual fact, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of positivity to be taken from like the fact that they haven't been, been constantly sort of... Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've thought about this. If they were structured, how would I cope with that? Yeah. If it was nine o'clock on a Google classroom, you know, um, do I have a spare laptop? Do I have two spare laptops? No, I don't you know, where would they do it? Get the tablets, but really to do something, you know, on a, on a, on a small sort of like Android device, it's, it's not, I'd have to go out and buy some laptops. So I would do that. Um, but yeah, so as the school has been very lax with it. However, on the flip side, that's given me the opportunity to sort of go, well, they haven't sent it. So mm. they let go. Yeah, because I, do have, I have friends who, who do have a Friday, send the stuff in Friday morning and will report back to you Friday afternoon. And I can't imagine how that would possibly work in this dynamic. Yeah. I also think it's so much harder for mums, um, working mums at home in this, in this period of time, because at the end of the day, you're mum. You know, we and do you have can't... a different, we, we, you can't switch that off. Yeah. Without a doubt, you, the, the makeup of 
mum and dad are completely different and what pulls on our heartstrings is different and we do have a lot of uh, well i have a lot of guilt like yeah. what you said earlier definitely yeah um what would you we've spoke about a lot of challenges there uh, about this uh, this uh, this environment and this change of lifestyle that we've experienced over the last three months what have, what have been some of the the positives that you know the real bonuses about this shift because it can't have all been doom and gloom and, and challenging surely but yeah. so what have you taken what and and Maybe you might be aware of it now, but is, are there things that you'll look back on this unusual time that we've all experienced, um, but particularly you guys as parents, that, you, that you, you're aware that when you look back, you'll really treasure about that different time that we're now in? Um, positives have been, um, I mean, it's, it's the only positive that I can, <laughs> that I can sort of like relate to and be honest about um, is the fact that, you know, we can be um, really quite relaxed in the morning, you know, and have breakfast together and just, and not having to rush out the house. You know, that, that for me is quite important. Um, and obviously, yeah, spending time with them and not rushing around, but ultimately from a business side of thing, side of things, um, I do think it's opened up a lot of doors for people to work from home. Like, yeah. Like to the point where the team have been more productive at home, not having to commute for 45 minutes in the morning to get into the office. Um, you know, actually people starting their day eight o'clock as opposed to nine, you know, so it's all, it's, and you're getting more work out of these, you know, the, the workforce, yeah. the people who are office based that now have to work from home, if they can work from home, there's a, a lot more work being done. Um, and much more productivity and people are happier. So, you know, that it's is a positive. That. I work people, from home people anyway. People are happier. So they are happier. Yeah. If I could get the kids back to school and, you know, it wouldn't be a case of, so my kids go to after school club uh, two or three days a week. And that's because sometimes I will be working at home, but, you know, in my mindset, I'm at work. So I will go and collect them after five o'clock. But actually, could I save myself sort of £300 a month, you know, realistically, nip out at half past or 20 past three, run around the corner, get them, and be back here for 10 to 4, so half an hour out of my day, they, they would, and they would be a lot happier as well. They would be much happier coming home, seeing me, being in their own environment, and me having to work for another hour and a half, let's just say, till half past five or something, they would be a lot happier. And that would make, um, you know, what I do as a job more rewarding and because I've got flexible working. So it, it all adds together. And I mean, even the, you know, I have daily calls with the team and they're saying to me, um, I'd like to work from home after, after, after this is over and, every, and everyone's back in the office, I'd like to work from home. And is, that, is that the case for most or all yeah. staff? And is that, and is because we've asked, we've asked um, friends outside of the show, also a lot of guests um, in terms of like a split. We recently asked our team as well what they would prefer coming coming out of this uh, and back into a, well, this, a new normal. Um, and is there a split? And you know, what what's been the general consensus with your team? Yeah, there, there definitely is a split. I think the people who are on the phones and who are talking, who are uh, talking to customers. Uh, being um, like proactive 
prefer to be at home. So like salespeople, you know, they can walk around with a headset if they want, they can do whatever. Mm -hmm. Some people, when they're talking, selling, you know, like to get up and walk around, you know, yeah. that's their thing. And nine times out of 10 in the office, they sat at the desk permanently. So, you know, they can go outside if it's a nice day, they can make a call. And so I, the, the proactive staff, the sales staff, without a doubt, work better at home and they want to work from home. The people that are sort of like on the engineering side, they need to collaborate in the office. You know, they need to bounce off each other. So I can And is that a hundred percent hundred percent of the time or would you think there could no, be a split? I think there's like there's a there's a split. I think there's gonna be more and more home working. I think it'll be a fifty fifty split. I know that me personally, I will work from home sort of um fifty percent of the time. Twenty five percent of the time will be um out seeing customers um and then 25 percent will be in the office and that will be generally for meetings and collaboration and board meetings and things like that but i will do majority of my work from home so this sounds like there's going to be a real shift in culture coming out of this because of covid19 and how much does that surprise you compared to where the company culture was before going into into covid19 phase um, it was pretty flexible anyway. Okay. Uh, you know, we are a communications company. Um, we have the facilities to, you know, to work from home. Everything's hosted. You know, none of our applications are, you know, like um, sat in the office, you know, on a server. You know, they're all in the cloud. Um, a hosted telephone system. So I can make phone calls, you know, like I'm in the office, but I'm sat on my mobile. So in that sense, it was really easy to react to that. It was just like, right. shut your laptop, go and work from home. There wasn't any, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. You know, we had all this set up anyway. So mm -hmm. uh, we work off um, Google. And um, so we Google Meet Me. You know, that's what we use permanently. Yes, we use Zoom as well. It did, we can use all sorts of platforms, um, but mm -hmm. that's what we've chosen as a, as a business for internal. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all, uh, to be honest. We've reacted to it really, really well. Um, and I think majority of companies probably have as well. They might have had to, you know, talk to Microsoft 365 or their supplier and say, can you put Teams on? You know, can we have that license for Teams because we need to use it? But lots of people have just, it, it's just an application, isn't it? Skype, Zoom. You know, it's it's dead easy to do. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I think. I think. I mean, obviously, in a positive to take out of COVID nineteen, I do think that hopefully, fingers crossed, the road's going to be a lot quieter. The carbon footprint is going to come down. You know, um, and you know, people are going to have happier lives after it. You know, because mm. they have that flexibility. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> you uh quickline has um has always worked in the, with the rural communities as well hasn't it it was i think it's, yeah. so it's a heritage almost of the company um to yeah connect up. yeah so i mean quickline started uh back in 2007 by um a gentleman called steve jagger steve jagger wasn't he wasn't he on the roof of uh hall's hospital hall uh hall royal infirmary when Probably back wasn't he in, in the day. Wasn't it, it was it was immense immense bad weather 
and uh, and he was up there and he had, a, he had this massive light bulb moment uh, of creating his company and then he got all of this equipment in from Eastern Europe and created Quickline. I mean, I, I remember sat with him. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's that he actually bought a, a network um, in, in Scunthorpe, a mini sort of like uh, network that he, um, you know, probably like a light bulb moment uh, is very um, entrepreneurial is Steve and I think the basis of um, him sort of buying into that business or buying that business was for his own sort of um, uh, for him really because he lived in a rural community so he lives in a rural village in East Yorkshire that is surrounded by trees um, and it literally in the middle of a field if you like and he had really poor internet. Now, if you're not on Quickline in this village in East Yorkshire, you will get less than two megabits per second. So it's still like that now. And he started it in 2007. Yeah. So the traditional operators, um, you know, are just not providing the much needed bandwidth to these rural communities. So Steve, you know, uh, bought this network in Scunthorpe and then literally organically just grew it. And it was him really, you know, in a van doing installations and doing the sales, you know, and then what happened, he brought um, a technical person on and then a salesperson. And over the years, you know, it's just grown and grown and grown and it's grown through um, organic growth. So where there's demand, we will build something or alternatively grown through acquisitions and mergers. So, with smaller um, WISPs, we call them WISP, um, wireless internet service providers, they get to a certain point, they get to around about eight, 900 to 1,000 customers. And then it's taking that, and you're, you've got to make the next step. And to make that next step, you've got to uh, inject the, um, the network with, you know, big fiber, you know, backhaul. Um, and inject it into certain certain points of the network, and at that point, you you either you take that and run with it, or if you don't and you don't um, elevate the sales and get those customers on board, you sort of like fail. So at the time, I remember sort of you know five six years ago, we bought a couple in Lincolnshire, um, Lynn Pop, um, AB Internet, and these companies were all going to go to the wall because they couldn't, they've overstretched themselves. So we came along um, and, you know, um, bought them, bought their, the customer base, but then also made that network better as well, injected it where it needed to be. Um, and that's how we've grown it. Um, and we got significant um, investment last August um, from Harwood Capital, um, seven million pounds. So we've got money, you know, sat there ready to build these areas, you know, North Yorkshire, for example, really, you know, the terrain in North Yorkshire is significant. BT haven't even made a dent in providing super fast broadband. I mean, I was in North Yorkshire last Thursday at, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Forbidden Corner. You might have been, Phil. I know of it. I've, I know of it. Have you been, Phil? No, no, I've not been. Uh, it's on the it's on the radar. Obviously, the the the, uh, the kids the kids know of it as well. Like, and they, yeah, and they're probably at the right age because um, it's um, I think you, you, it's not like a maze or anything, but there's like quirky 
uh, trails and clues. Yeah, and... it's just the guy's garden, isn't it? Or it started yeah. as just the guy's garden. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's it's quite beautiful. Um, so we're um, we're working with uh, Forbidden Corner and the Tup Gill Estate to provide them with coverage because you go there and it's literally in a black spot. No mobile phone coverage, no internet coverage whatsoever. So people go there and they've got nothing. You know, I went there last Thursday and it was literally just nothing. The nearest nearest town was Middleham and you had to drive two miles to get a mobile phone signal. And I mean, how can you live like that? Yeah, yeah. No mobile phone connectivity. So we're working with them. We, um, uh, we got awarded um, uh, a project um, and we're the lead partner, uh, a project called Manny Mobile Access North Yorkshire. And with that, it's all to do with um, uh, not spot areas in North Yorkshire. So we're delivering uh, schemes and it's a proof of concept. So it's an R&D project, but hopefully it's something that we can um, facilitate and then prove the concept and move into other areas. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like like Dalby Forest, that's another area that is a bugbear for me. I go there quite a lot and no mobile phone coverage. You know, what if I needed the emergency services or, you know, something, you know, I needed to make a call. There's nothing. Yeah. Do, do you find yourself where, where it would be somebody's frustration where you're were, you were visiting a, an event or, um, or going to see someone and where somebody would be frustrated when not getting a signal, you thinking this is a perfect opportunity to expand okay. into. The, the, <laughs> Honestly, the, the, the parish council meetings that I've attended, obviously not, not, not recently because of the lockdown, you've got, you've got people that um, have got less than two megabits per second. They get like, and, and some people have less than one, like 0 0.5, you know, kilobits per second. That's like, that's like dial up, Do you know, like bonding lines together. It's just, it's, and literally they're constantly with the wheel of doom, you know, but then again, that's in rural communities that's what they've always had you know if they've always lived in that house that they've always they've always had that and it's almost like sometimes you go to a community and say you watch netflix and they're like no don't know what don't know what that is it's because they're not educated that they can do that so when they go and i and i say this to them if you go to um um a, a shop and buy a new tv you're likely to buy you know, um, a 4K TV now. You can you can watch Now TV, Netflix, it'll all come up, Amazon Prime. Oh, no, we can't do that. It doesn't matter if it takes two days to download a movie. I'm like, what? You know, but that's, it's an education piece and slowly and slowly people are getting, you, you'll have broadband champions in certain villages, a community thing if we're going to build something. And what happens is you get your early adopters and then you'll get the people that are sort of like left behind almost will eventually come to us, but it might take them six months, take them a year, but you know, it's there and it's just that education of there are alternatives out there and not many people know about alternatives. They just, they're just waiting for BT to come and do it, but yeah. they're not going to do it because it's not commercially viable for them to do no, it. Cause, cause that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, just for people that don't understand the, the technology, the, the, the summary of it is, BT are putting cables in the ground, which is incredibly time consuming, expensive. You need land ownership deals and all sorts of things, yeah. but your technology is through the air and you can yeah. you, you piggyback it and jump it and you can yeah. hit houses in the middle of nowhere just by sending it, sending it through the air. Yeah. 
um, which you don't need these lengthy waylaves. You know, we can we can bounce the signal. Um, you know, in, in in certain villages, you might have um, uh, a group of houses that can get a connection from a repeater site. However, there's a house behind a block of trees, some poplars that you just can't get to. We can bounce the signal. Yes, we might have to go to that a property and say, can we put an extra piece of equipment on your building so, you know, Mrs. Smith can get a connection? Oh, of course, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's not using any more electricity or it's just literally bouncing that signal across. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, of wireless as opposed to cables in the ground. We're not having to dig up the roads. And yeah. like you say, it's expensive. Yeah, um, I mean, there must be so many rural properties that you've connected up that, I mean, what must lockdown have been like if, if those thousands and thousands of houses hadn't had the internet access that you, that you provide? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to imagine what it, what it must be like. And yeah. the education, um, the, lack, the lack of online education being a major handicap to people. Yeah, yeah. No, before, we, before we press the record button, you guys, we were all chatting a little bit and I learned something new about you, Phil. So you, you and really uh, mentioned that as, uh, uh, when we uh, started recording as well, that you have some background in this, in this area. That's why Phil knows about it, yeah. 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 In, in a... What was that journey? What, what, what happened there? Where, where did that come about? And... So, yes, yeah, so that was, uh, was quite a few years ago now. It was a previous, a previous project. Um, uh, there was there was three of us involved in creating a, a broadband provider in in a in a very similar way, but a much much smaller way to to Quickline. Same technology, um, just providing it to, um, to to Beverly to our local area, because um, for anyone outside the area, Kingston Communications um, pretty much own all the fibre, all the connection, and everything, and so you've only got one provider you can go to. So really it was to offer, it was to offer choice. And also to, we spotted that people didn't want to be forced into having a landline and a broadband because we were all using mobile phones. So the idea was that we could come in and just say, well, you could get rid of all of that and just have a broadband subscription. And so again, it increased the quality in certain areas where, where, where the, the original provider wasn't, wasn't up to like the highest speeds. Um, but it's it's um, it's got so many moving parts as a business model with regards to like hey like you've just said like land ownership deals and property deals and signing up the customers and you've got technology which is constantly advancing and I'm sure you've seen over these past three months a spike in consumption which yeah. you've got you've got to try and cope with and you've got to try and build into your systems because no one can predict it but. Um, we used to always say, as I said this before the show, but our experience with our, our customer experience was that if someone was to turn off the broadband and the water at someone's house, the first phone call the homeowner would make would be to the broadband company, yeah. not to the water company. Yeah. And, and well, you, you, your customer relations is, is an incredibly tricky path yeah. in, in broadband yeah um, it, it's really doing. demanding i mean i get uh, if someone gets hold of my mobile number a customer a residential customer um and if they have um any issues and and you know and you you'll know some of the issues will be um they've rebooted their router for some reason yeah. and it's all the settings you know it's user error normally um uh, nine times out of ten you know it's down to the customer's internal network yeah. they live in a really big house 
they've got big stone walls and they're trying to use the internet in the furthest away you know room that can't travel so they need repeaters so it's their own internal so it is it is challenging as a business you know and i and i would hate to be on support because i wouldn't have the patience you know i'd, I'd just yeah. be like it's it's your network you know because we can see to that router yeah. you get to megabits per second you yeah. know so yeah ah. The other one that people don't appreciate is that, that you've got your internal setup and you, you're maybe trying to download from a satellite website, but you don't know what those servers are like or their speeds are. So, yeah. you, you know, and, and you can only control, it's the same with anything, isn't it? You can only control so much. And, and so you, you can only be responsible for so, for so many, yeah. so many items. Yeah, but, no, it's, it's, it is challenging. But it, it's fun as well because, you know, we're, we're, we're building or we've built, you know, a, a big fibre backbone across, across our network. You know, and I'm talking like a few years ago, five years ago, we were talking about gigabit. You know, oh my God, gigabit, you know, um, that, that'll be enough. Now we're talking about sort of like dark fibre now. You know, we're having to put dark fibre in and light it um, at what, you know, whatever equipment at the end of it. I'm not saying a terabit, but 100 gig, you know, because peaking traffic at nine o'clock or seven o'clock onwards really now um, is, you know, peaking Netflix. Netflix is the main one and you can see that and it's grown oh, over 50% over the last sort of like 12 months because, you know, the, the programs, the shows, the adverts, everyone's wanting a slice of that, aren't they? Yeah. And the price point is six or seven pounds a month. So it's affordable. Mm -hmm. so traffic on Netflix has just gone gone crazy yeah um but yeah also i just wanted to point because i know that you've got to go do the school run. you've you got like 10 minutes can't have him waiting in the rain on his first day back no you can't no um you know we you know it's not just residential customers i know that we 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 spoke about that earlier about business customers um and you know we don't just provide wireless even though someone might come to us for diversity, they might have, you know, a fiber circuit, but actually they want diversity. So they want wireless as well. So if that, that fiber got dug up or it got flooded, the chamber got flooded, they've got, they've got another way out. So um, we deal with a lot of sort of like blue chip companies with that solution, you yeah. know, we provide wireless um, for them and it can be dedicated. It can be up to 10 gig now. So wireless, 10 gig links like you've said that the equipment is constantly evolving yeah um and you know we're seeing we're seeing um our infrastructure guys putting up 10 gig point-to-point -point circuits for customers now yeah which is incredible really but you guys have got very techy you two you two have got very techy i'm sorry i've got this you, there's no one that you can tell you guys have been in the industry it's like you, <laughs> it's, you, you're, you're learning something I would honestly say that um, a regulated, uh, an Ofcom license link, millimetre wave link, is as good as fibre in the ground. 99.9, you know, 9%. Unless it falls off, you know, and you'll know that, Phil. You know, a lot of people are a little bit sceptical, aren't they, about wireless? They're a bit like, oh, it's a bit flaky, you know, what I about... Think, I think the problem is... The problem is, and it's the same, same with many industries, um, but because it's, it's a slightly alternative technology, is that one negative comment on social media is worth 20 positive comments on social yeah. media. And so it doesn't take much. And it's the same 
with any business model really or any or any 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 shop retail space you've got to really really protect and work with those negative comments and 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 worky way of turning it into into a positive conversation out in the open um so that it doesn't overpower all the positive conversations yeah. and that's i think that's that's the issue and that's what we that's what we learned and 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 took took from from our episode there and we you know don't want to go back but i think that's I think that's probably true for a lot of business models, isn't it? And um, you, you, as the owner and as an as, a, as an operator, you get very sensitive to uh, to something negative, and you you want to defend against it. Um, whereas really, what you should do is just work with it and try and open up a healthy conversation, yeah. a healthy understanding. Yeah. So. I mean, like I said to a lot of customers, I will be honest with with um, the businesses that I talk to if they can get fibre to their premise. You know, I will say to them, that's great. However, you know, we can complement that service, you know, by putting a wireless link in, you know. So I say, you know, go for fiber. That's absolutely fine. That's perfect. You know, if you can afford it and that's what you want, you know, and it's not going to cost you any, you know, excess construction charges to get that fiber in, go for it. However, what QuickLive can do is, you know, bolster that and complement that service. And, and that's what we've been quite strong at, especially in, in sort of like Hull and East Yorkshire, where, where we can do that on, on licensed links. And across our network, we've done it, you know, um, Doncaster, North Yorkshire, we've got, we've got lots of these links. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got back. We got back in touch. Well, we got back in touch from a working point. I saw, I saw Haley and uh, Steve on a photograph in one of the one of the regional papers, and I was doing I was working um, a consultant as a consultant marketing consultant with Dickie and the team at Bryce Manel, and I remember sat there going, "That's my mate." I'm going, so I gave I gave you a call, got you on board, and Bryce Manel have been um, doing yeah. a great job with, yeah. with your design and marketing. Was that three years ago? Was that three years ago? I would say it's probably a little bit longer than three years, but I mean, wow. I saw Dickie this morning actually because I needed to run something past her. And um, I told her about I was coming on and she was like, oh yeah, James has been trying to get me to come on here. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I think you're booked in, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep on. She'll, she'll, be on yeah. she'll be on soon for sure. Well, uh, before, well, uh, well yeah, we'll, we'll get Vicky on. Vicky, uh, a price model, amazing things and there's loads of positive yeah. stuff there to talk about with her and uh, and a team and all the amazing work they've done over the years. But before we cut off, um, I'm going to give Phil a gift here. So, because I'm surprised he hasn't tried to get in there before I've raised it. But he's, he's a gift for you. So, give some insight into what we were like at school here, Billy. You know, I wrote that down as well. Did you? Do you know what? Do you know what? It was, it, James was lovely. I, d- I did try and date. No, 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 no. We're not having that. Didn't we? D- we, we- <laughs> Tried to have a relationship, didn't we? It just didn't work. We were just better off at friends. Um, but yeah, his hair was good though. The first time I met him, he had um, um, uh, a skinhead with a fringe. Just, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I remember thinking, it's not a good Monast- look. Monastery. Um, and I don't even think that's a thing anymore. You know, if I ever see that on a kid, I'll be like, oh my God, that was like, you know, from like, Nineteen fringe, awesome. fringe. just like <laughs> shaved head in the fringe. Do you remember? And you, you <laughs> maybe for about a year. Um, but no, James was quite cool. He never sort of um, always quite sort of um, 
like flighty, weren't you really? I don't know. You know, he never had one particular group of friends. Do you know what I mean? He was friends with everybody. He was friends with the girls, he was friends with the bad lads, he was friends with the popular lads, but he was never in a group. Does that make sense? Probably a lot like me. Maybe we were misfits, James, because again, I was friends with the not very nice girl gang and the popular gang. But again, I had my own friends as outside school, you know, the- I don't think, yeah, I don't think you-, you we connected to, because- Yeah, you didn't seem to conform for the sake of conforming. Yeah, and if that meant that a group would put you, like ostracize you, you'd be fine with that. Cause you're like, well, if yeah. that's the case, I don't want to, I'll, I'll do this anyway. Yeah. So yeah, very much so, very, very much so. Uh, we had some great, great times at, at Longcroft. And Phil, of course, as I mentioned, Phil was, was at Longcroft School as well, um, a few really? years a few years before us. Yeah, we went we went back recently because um, Cooper's eldest was looking at, at the schools to, to go to in the new term. And, uh, and uh, we saw Mr. Baker, of course, and Mr. Baker was our first form tutor and he was there when Phil was there. So that was, that was really I cool to go back with. Being deputy head or even head teacher, you, you know, but I mean, obviously he's grown in confidence because I just remember, you know, that him being really shy and just really quite awkward. You know, and he well, wasn't I think, I think we were his. I, I think right. we were his first form, like his first form group, I believe that he that he had before that. He was a PE teacher, and I think we he was pretty early on in his career. Like, but um, and then we come we come badging in, and, uh, yeah, and I, think, I think James broke his confidence. We went back to FEO we've had we've had Jan and, and various members from uh, Entrepreneurs Only, and and so one of the proudest things. I've ever experienced was to go back to a school that I struggled in. You know, teachers either loved me or hated me. It was if they engaged me or not. And of course, being a, now realise a kid with ADHD and struggling with the normal educational system. And so to go back and lead a team of entrepreneurs in a business den and tell a story in front of 200 pupils. Is that what you've, is that what you've diagnosed? Indeed, yeah, ind indeed, yeah, indeed. So, and it's like a light bulb, yeah, 36 and a half light bulb. Well, did you just read it on Google? Did you just thought like, oh, that's definitely. <laughs> now she's giving me, like, now she's giving me shit. She's been so good, hasn't she? Like, this is what you do. She gives, she gives you loads and then she'll just take it from under you. That's what Hayley does, <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. But my point being, when, what, when you go back on that and all of that, and, and, and my first thing was the, the first, with the, the photograph of me in year seven with the fringe, with the long croft jumper, and uh, making a joke saying, uh, you know, because Mr. Uh, Mr. Baker's grey now and he wasn't back then, and, and owning up for being fully responsible for, for Mr. Baker turning grey. Um, so yeah, that's indeed. But I mean, we we had some amazing times at Longcroft, and um, and it's just wonderful to to have remained friends over the years ever since. Really, I think that says a lot. And uh, and uh, and yeah, it's great to see you being so successful. And that and clearly that's not going to stop. You know, that's just gonna that's just gonna keep on going in the in the path that you. you but yeah, there we go. Fingers crossed. Well, before we say goodbye, Haley, where can people find you? So they can ring um, telephone number 1482 247365. Um, I'm contactable directly at hayley at Um We also have uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's just Quickline UK for both. Okay. And the website is quickline.co.uk? Yeah, quickline.co.uk. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. It's been a lot of fun. I think it's probably a good thing we're, we're about to cut it because you were just 
as your shoulders went back and you were ready to go. <laughs> I was ready like, to go, wasn't I? I was like, right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit relieved now. We're, we're, we're drawing it to a close, but it's so good to see you and, and as always to catch up. And uh, and I'm sure we'll have you on in the future. Thank you. Oh, thanks, yeah. No, thanks for your time. Good luck, good luck with that homeschooling. <laughs> thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.